Episode fifty-three, title: Who Built America? Interview with Chris Ferguson by Go Legal Yourself, an online business providing real legal tools for entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media or do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Chris Ferguson. He is the CEO of Edison Nation, backing inventors with great ideas. Welcome to the show, Chris. Kelly, thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. Oh, of course it is, Chris. I know it is. <laughs> Absolutely. But seriously, the pleasure is all mine. As we start every show with each guest, we ask them to share an attorney joke. Do you have one? I'm sure you do. Uh, I I, I have a a story that that is, uh, it's got quite a, you know, comical ending. So I came out of law school and I said, oh, I want to save the world. I'm going to become a public defender. So uh, I did, and um, I remember defending a guy who was delivering pizza and Coke, but not the soda. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so he, he wound up in my office, and, and to qualify for a public defender, as you might know, you have to fill out this form that says, like, I'm completely broke, I have no money, and, and so I get, I get free legal counsel. So I had delivered pizza you know, through, through college. And I was like, geez, I wonder, I wonder what this guy makes. So I go to the back of the forum and I, I start adding it up. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy makes more than I do. So <laughs> I realized I was a public defender and I made so little, I qualified for a public defender. So <laughs> that's when I, I pivoted, as they say, Kelly, and decided to, uh, to find a, a, a new career path. And that career path became kind of helping entrepreneurs and, and have done that for now you know, not to date myself, but probably 25 plus years. See, I'm, I'm really excited to get into your background, Chris, right? So in full disclosure, I met you on a show called Everyday Edison's, and we're going to definitely talk about that. And Great. my audience is super excited to hear about how they can bring their invention to market, because this is the show, our show is all about providing those tools for savvy entrepreneurs, right? And this is like a big major one. So before we, we dive into that, tell us a little a bit about yourself besides, yes, you were, you, are you, you're still, I'm assuming, an attorney, once an attorney, always an attorney. Yes. yes. Yep. Yep. I still get the JD after my name, but uh, yeah, so I did that. I, I was a public defender, which was a fantastic job, but, but it, but it, it, it uh, it was maybe less than, than I was hoping to make after seven years of higher education. So I, I did end up going to work uh, ultimately for, for part of a private equity firm. And, uh, and I, I did that for a number of years and, and happened to, to do it um, during a good time, kind of from 95 to 2000, which was a, you know, a, a great time to launch businesses and, and a pretty solid economy. And, uh, and the, company, the firm ultimately got bought by part of GE. And um, a bunch of us left to go do our own thing. And, and I sort of went from working in kind of big institutional private equity to, 
to more trying to do, you know, one transaction at a time and, and have done that since 2000 and um, a lot in the manufacturing space where I kind of grew up in that super comfortable in, in watching companies that, that actually build a widget, right. And, and, you know, take an idea and get it manufactured and, and, and get it out to the public. So that's always been a um, kind of a, a you know, a, a core vertical for me is really helping manufacturers, entrepreneurs. And when I, um, was introduced to, to the founder of, of Edison Nation, who's also on that show with us every day. This is Lewis Foreman. Um, clicked right away and, and thought we could uh, do some great things together. And, and that, uh, that led me to um, acquire Edison and have Lewis as a partner, which is about a little over two years ago today. So it's been a fun ride. So you are part of a phenomenal business, and I and I truly say that because I have walked in the footsteps of being an inventor. Yeah. When someone invents something, they think, "Oh my God, this is the next, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread," and and I'm going to make millions. That is the very first. Uh, thought of an inventor when they invent something but they know that's just the beginning if that right so this phenomenal business structure um, everyday nation is the backbone of what really supports the inventor your everyday regular inventor how did Lewis and and how did you Chris take this business model and really apply it to just your everyday Edison your everyday inventor from the street so yeah I I I think you make you know a couple great points there Kelly one is is you know everybody when they they have their aha moment they're like oh this is this is it I've 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 found it I've, I've cashed my lottery ticket and and there's obviously a lot more work that needs to go into it. And, and you need that passion to believe you have that next thing that is, you know, the, the better mousetrap. But then you also need that, that persistence and that perseverance to see it through because, you know, it is a long road. And, and you as a, as a patent attorney have seen, I'm sure, people, you know, stumble along that road. And you really do need to, to stick with it. What, what at Edison Nation and Everyday Edison's we do, provide is that partnership to help you um, have some of the tools and have some of the resources you need to really get that thing to be kind of a commercializable product. Um, We wish we could turn every one of them into one. um, But, you know, we, we try to be that platform there that can um, help you get to that next level, be that kind of extra team and that extra push which you need as, as an inventor. It's a, uh, you know, it's a very solo uh, life a, 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 as an inventor. And if you find um, people like yourself um, and, and other resources that, that can help you build out a team, you're going to have a much higher chance of succeeding and actually getting that product on, on, a, on a shelf or a digital shelf, which is more the norm in today's world. But um, that's, you know, that's what you need. You, you need to have that extra part of your team and, and at Edison Nation, uh, we can, we can help to provide that. Right. This is a great segue in actually jumping into Everyday Edison's. You are the executive producer of that show. So why don't you share with us, how did that show come about? How did you get involved with it and where does it stand today? So Lewis back in, I think, oof, 
I think it goes back to like 06. Uh, so even a couple of years before, you know, the now infamous Shark Tank, uh, Lewis and Michael Cable and, and a group came together and, and met with PBS. And, and at that time, obviously, things like American Idol were pretty hot. Um, and they had this idea of, you know, why can't we do that kind of show, you know, for inventors? And, and they were, you know, able to do an amazing job that they did for, for four seasons. They had this great show where, you know, thousands of people would, you know, come to a casting call, you know, rolling widgets in and, and uh, they would, they would kind of take it in that, that 13 episode arc where you'd start with, you know, just literally, you know, hundreds to thousands of people and, and whittle it down till you watch that, you know, that final episode to find out who was kind of the inventor of the year and really successful and really helped um, give people that perspective. What, what I, love about the show and, and, and what, what um, really motivated me to want to bring it back is that idea that, you know, not all of us will be a great inventor, right? But a wait, great wait, wait, inventor... Wait, that's, that, that's shocking, Chris. <laughs> don't, don't shock me like that. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I, wish I, I wish I was able to grant that wish to everybody, but not all of us will be. But the, uh, you know, to, to paraphrase from, I think, the movie Rat Tattooey, but anyone can be a great inventor. A great inventor can be anyone, can come from any walk of life, any background, young, old, um, you know, wealthy, you know, and, or, 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 you know, living uh, modestly. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, if you have that great idea, if you have that game-changing innovation and and you stick to it you have to have that persistence it is it is not you know just a simple easy thing but if you do it then anyone has that um that ability to be that great inventor and all of those amazing inventions that we think about not a lot of them came out of big giant you know r&d shops of the fortune 1000 so many of them have come um just from you know, that single entrepreneur, that single inventor with a great idea and, and you know, and kind of really um, found it and, and pulled it off and, and got that uh, to be something that is, is now part of our everyday lives. And that's what's exciting is, is that it's that opportunity that we can afford to, to anyone to, to find it and, and really um, fulfill that dream. You and I met at the studio of Everyday Edison's and I was so thrilled to be part of the whole experience and to see... Part of it. Stop. Kelly, you're the star judge on the thing. So more than part of it. (laughs) You are the breakout star of everyday innocence. Well, Chris, I was going to say modesty prevents me from... (laughs) Obvious. But thank you for saying that. (laughs) And and the mail. We had fun. And then I think think you'll see that on the show, which is, is what it's meant to be. It was such an incredible experience, Chris. I got to see real life inventors, just like you said, they come from every walk of life, every different type of background, young, old, you name it, they were there. And as an attorney, I see these hopeful inventors come to me, right? And one of the number one reasons why an idea just remains an idea is because of money. Just to go through the legal process itself, it can cost thousands of dollars, thousands, literally. And for you to provide that platform, I don't know if you understand what an incredible gift 
you guys are giving to the everyday Edison. So I thought that was the show um, where the um, clearly I don't watch reality shows, right? Except for, <laughs> except for that one. But right, I don't watch these right. reality shows. And if it weren't for these reality shows, your regular everyday person would never be discovered. Their talent would remain hidden. Because one, they have no avenue to get to where they need to get to, to get the publicity. And you're providing that platform. I mean, I'm getting goosies just talking about it, Chris. So yeah. how, how is it that the team, your team came together and you're providing this platform for these regular, ordinary inventors? Well, I, I, I think the team and, and anybody who, who, you know, watches the show or watches other shows like it, uh, you know, like Shark Tank and, and The Prophet and, and other shows about inventors or entrepreneurs, what you become, why that continent, that content is, is, is so riveting is usually that backstory, right? And we get so just blown away or impressed by these people who, you know, whatever motivated them to do it or whatever challenges they had to overcome in their life and then stuck with it and, and, and were able to persevere and, and, and get it to the level that it, that it is and, you know, make it available to the world. It, those stories are so compelling um, that, you know, we would get them inbound every day while people would submit ideas on the Edison Nation platform. And we became convinced that, that once again, we had to bring a new season back. And even we're, we're, we're talking about casting our season six now, um, which of course we, we'd, we'd loved you once again to participate in Kelly, because you really were fabulous. The perspective that you gave, uh, to those inventors and the background that you provide from from your expertise in, in, in intellectual property is 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 so valuable and, and it resonated you know with all of those inventors and their and, and every inventor should should be able to you know have access to that kind of expertise which is truly truly valuable as you said because you can make some mistakes and spend thousands and thousands of dollars the wrong way and then really hurt your chances um, but it was the stories right that content is is really it's really engaging. We're like, you know what? We, we can't keep these to ourselves. We, we want to get that back out to the world and, and, and show that kind of cool, true American spirit of, of, wow, I have this idea and I think it's game-changing innovation and I want to show everybody. And, um, and you know, when you see it, you, you, as you've seen being a judge on your, our show, you want everybody to win. Um, <laughs> but but that, unfortunately, you know, we do got to make it sort of some drama in it. And, and it is... Um, it is really a challenge when you see these people who have, you know, put in their blood, sweat and tears. And, and we had to pick one of the, the three to be a winner for each episode. Um, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do when you see those stories, but even just getting each person out there to tell their story to the world uh, is something we're super proud of. And we want to, we want to keep doing it. Absolutely. As far as someone having an idea, can you lay out some of the steps, Chris, in how would you help a hopeful inventor get from an idea to market? Yeah, so, so we take, I think, a pretty unique approach there, right? So there are uh, some competitors in our space that if you posted your idea to their site or called them up and said you had the next best widget, um, they would tell you, oh my, you, you are so right. And, you know, send me a check for $5,000. Uh, and, and, you know, no one is, is, is told that their, their, uh, their baby isn't beautiful. 
we take a little different approach because it is it is a challenge um, to get every product to market. Um, and and whether you're a giant company uh, or or a solo inventor, it's it's a challenge as we talked about at the start of this. So what we do, um, we used to let people put any idea they want on our site for free. Um, that did have a, a an effect of you know you'd get somebody who'd put a hundred versions of a time machine on there and that tends to clog the system up a little bit. So, so for us, you do have to believe in your idea, $25 worth. But then once you submit it, we'll put it through eight different stages to see if it's commercializable. By stage eight, we're telling you, this is a product we're going to go forward with. We're either going to launch it ourselves or we're going to find you a partner to license it. Uh, and, and look, it's, it's a small percentage that do ultimately get there. But the value you get from Edison Nation even if um, we don't take you all the way, is we will give you our feedback, why it particularly didn't work for us. And while, again, we can't do that for free, it becomes pretty valuable feedback, you know, for, for a nominal fee of $25, because we may say, hey, we think you're getting tripped up here on intellectual property. Call someone like Kelly and help her walk you through the process and then maybe resubmit it. Or, you know, the materials you're using here are rather expensive, and you're going to be triple the cost of, of, of a competitive product. So we do do enough analysis, we believe, even if we're telling you we're not going to pursue this particular widget, we've given you, we think, some really constructive feedback that may give you the opportunity to revamp the idea and, and bring it to market. And literally, you save inventors thousands of dollars, Chris. Just going through the legal process, yeah. as I mentioned before, you're looking at at least about bare minimum investment of $10,000. That's bare minimum. And to get the valuable feedback from a company that does this day in, day out, it's unbelievable. 25 bucks. Who doesn't have 25 bucks? (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's that's just unbelievable. The service that you're providing these everyday people. Now, entrepreneurial shit, right? I would have to say it runs through my blood. So I get my drive and my passion from my dad's side and I get my stubbornness from my mom's side because right? <laughs> <laughs> without the stubbornness you know I, I just wouldn't be the queen of business law right so I have always uh, wanted to help the entrepreneurs because they they're just hard-working Americans right the title of this episode is who built America right it's people like you Chris it's people like me it's people like um, my audience that's listening to the show. And even though the show has gone international, right, there's always people reaching out to me saying, I'm in so-and-so country. How do I uh, get a presence in the U.S.? How do I create right. that presence in the U.S.? America is such an incredible country. It truly is the land of opportunity. I'm, an, I'm a pure example of that. And what I'm doing today here in America, I don't think I would have had the same chance or opportunities back home, meaning England. England is not right. a third world country, but if you compare the two, there's just no comparison. Entrepreneurship in England, Chris, is not supported. I was really taken back when I was talking to my niece uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, yes, we don't have, we don't see those types of programs here. Right, where it's supported, where where you can go out and become a self-employed person. 
we're actually doing this interview during this global pandemic, COVID-19. There are thousands and maybe millions of people around the world that will potentially lose their jobs. And I know people have saved up. They must have saved up just so they can, you know, provide for their family. But this would be a perfect opportunity for those types of people to say, I've had enough depending on someone else for a job. I'm going to create my own. I'm going to create my own way of life. I'm going to support my own family. So that's what we do here on the show. But what you do, you know, you're taking it way above where you do provide that platform for your everyday inventor, everyday inventor. It's, it's phenomenal, Chris, absolutely phenomenal what, what you and your team do. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, Kelly. We, we, and so appreciate that. But, I, you know, I think you touched on a great point. That's, right, that's the magic of America uh, and, and this current pandemic. Um, really begins to shine a, a, a bright spotlight on on how many small businesses, how many of these people with that American spirit towards entrepreneurship, have really driven the economy to to, to this place that it was with almost you know literal full employment before uh, this pandemic hit, and then you know and and quickly uh, having to unwind that with with kind of a, a whole you know global shutdown. Um, but what inspires me that that we, you know, can, can rebound from this is to your point, right? That, that, that is uniquely American, that spirit, I think, you know, over and above kind of any other country around is that, that drive to want to be, Hey, I do want to control my own destiny. I can, you know, make this business work. I can, I, you know, I can drive this opportunity. I can develop this widget and get it out to the world. And that is, that is uh, something that, that really is, is, it makes you, you know, wake up and be excited to do what we do every morning. And similar to what you do every morning is, is helping and guiding some people along that process. Um, because that is one of those things that, that makes us great and unique here in America is it is hard for another country to just say, hey, we're going to adopt that true entrepreneurial spirit. It, it is ingrained. My father is an entrepreneur. His, his father was at his own business. Um, and, and so it is um, it's, it's really a uniquely American part of our culture. And, and I think it's what will pull us out of, out of this current, you know, rather insane crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been listening. So I, I love history, right? Absolutely love right. history. And you might hear some uh, pitter patter in the background and some snoring. I promise you, Chris, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got four dogs, as you very well know. Very well know that. Yes, and, and they like to be, you know, in the office providing their support. So that's that's the background noise that you hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Your employees, I guess. Exactly, exactly. But I wanted to ask you about during the pandemic now, now there are some businesses that are surviving because they've got they think outside the box, they have the fortitude to do it. They've actually planned ahead. Fancy that, Chris, planning for your future of your business. Isn't that a novelty, right? They've actually planned for the future of their business. But your business is thriving during these times. You are actually at the vanguard of providing PPEs. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, so how, how did you, how did you, um, clearly because of the excellent planning that you've done, but how did you, how were you able to shift so quickly to accommodate everyone? Well, fortunately, we were lucky enough to have a division at Nation Medical, which, which Lewis founded back in, I think, 2012. Um, prior to, to the crisis and the, and, and the pandemic, uh, we did we did put some products through there. Recently, we had a something that helps children swallow pills. We had a um, I need that a, a, a walker um, that that had a unique functionality that it would if you were sitting down it, it it snapped down to your level and you could almost walk it back up to, to standing height. Um, made by a, an MIT student, really really smart young man. Um, so you know we we always stayed you know with with our toe kind of in the in the medical space. We a little shied away from it pre-pandemic because some of those FDA issues and, and just the length of time and the cost um, to commercialize something in that space. Um, a lot of times we would choose some that you know had, had a few less hurdles to, to be commercialized. But but we we had those relationships and we and, and, and we've been in that space for for quite a period of time. So you know when the crisis hit. We, along with, I'm sure, a, 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 you know, a huge bunch of other suppliers, were inundated with requests um, to supply those type of, of, of crucial PPE products, sanitizer, etc. Um, and you know, being nimble, we, we were able to, uh, you know, to, to, to pull our team together and and you know, shift a little from making, you know, awesome products like you have the one behind me, which actually sells pretty well in the pandemic. It's a little arts and crafts thing. Um, but uh, but we were able to to, to shift and, and and have a supply chain up pretty quickly. I mean that's that's the that's the um, the exciting part about about being pretty nimble. Um, where you know some other larger organizations um, to be able just to go through the decision tree to sort of create a new supply chain, it it, it can take a you know quite a quite a while uh, for an organization like us and, and other more entrepreneurial businesses. You know, look when when something when a supply constrained opportunity arrives, it's it's a unique it's a unique situation. I, I remember I was a very young uh, child when, when my dad was running Ferguson Containers, and there was a thing called a paper shortage in the seventies. And you know, hundreds of orders would come in a day, and of course you couldn't fulfill them due to the shortage. But but it was uh, it was I remember a fun time. My father said because you know it was that one time when the supplier has the leverage. Um, and, and so we are a fortunate recipient of that reality right now. You know, we are helping people. We are, um, you know, helping some counties by you. Orange County uh, is, is one of our customers. Um, and, you know, that, that is a unique situation for an entrepreneur to be in when it's a, you know, a, a high demand situation uh, because, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, you're you're really chasing customers, and and in this situation, you're inundated with more customers than you could hope to supply, um, and and that has, uh, you know, that that's been a a, a a very different process for us. But um, we're we're up, we're running, we're shipping things every day. Uh, it is nice to feel we're helping out um, in in this crisis to the degree we can, um, and. Uh, you know, all things being equal, um, I hope that side of our business is out of business sooner rather than later. Because I'd right. I'd love uh, I, I'd love a, a 
a vaccine or whatever we need to get this back to normal so that we're back to seeing, you know, life kind of go somewhat back to what would be a new normal. The, the interesting thing, though, is uh, just like we adapted, many of our innovators and inventors are sending in, you know, great ideas for, you know, what is the new normal and kind of the current or post-COVID reality. And, uh, and that's exciting. Again, when people immediately see, you know, hey, this is, this is how the world has shifted. And let me, you know, let me find some products that fulfill that, that new reality. And, and we get to see those every day. That's fantastic. I think one of the, the major lessons that entrepreneurs can learn from this global pandemic is really you do have to do some future planning for your business. You do have to think outside the box. You know, just as you did, you, you do have to provide a different, um, you have to have a different arm to, to the services that you provide just in case something might happen, right? Absolutely. So this is a great lesson for entrepreneurs to learn from. Last question for you, Chris. All right. So if you could do it all over again, what's that one thing that you would do differently? Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Uh, There's one that always particularly comes to mind. (laughs) I was pretty young. I was just starting out in private equity, and I met Steve Case, the founder of – of AOL, right. uh, when, when, when it had just started, this is, this is maybe 1995 and, uh, it was publicly traded at that time. And I remember calling my roommate, it was now a broker and I'm like, buy me a, a, a thousand shares of this AOL company. And, uh, <laughs> um, it went up four points like the following day. And I, I had bought like $20,000 worth or something. And I made, so I made four grand in 24 hours. And I was the happiest I've ever been <laughs> until by 1998, three years later, my friend called me up and he goes, uh, you remember when you bought that AOL when nobody heard of it? I said, yeah. He's like, well, it's split eight times and your 20 grand would be worth three and a half million. Um, that, that was one that got away. But, but what, <laughs> as I remember, but, uh, what, uh, what I do, um, you know, what I do think about now having done this for enough years, the thing I probably would have done differently. And we, we do have a foundation as well called create more karma. Um, I, I would, I would lean even further into kindness. Um, I think when you're a young entrepreneur and you're, and you're really hustling and you're trying to get you know, the always the best deal you can negotiate. And as lawyers, we're, we're almost ethically obligated to do that. Right. Um, as, as, I've, as I've gotten a little grayer and a, and a little wiser, um, I realized I, I would have loved to have even right from, from day one, from, from the jump start, have really leaned into, into kindness. I think in the world of entrepreneurship, it's an undervalued quality. A lot of it is, you know, this dog eat dog kind of world and, and, and competition is, is, you know, what, what does, you know, create capitalism and it's obviously necessary. But if, if, if you can show that value point of kindness to your customers, to your suppliers, to your employees, and, and the impact of that on your business, even if maybe that level of kindness for the moment may decrease your quarterly earnings for that quarter, I believe it pays exponentially in the long term because 
um, companies are, 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 are people in the sense that they have a real personality, they have a culture, and people feel that when you interact with a business, you feel whether it's, got a, it's in a good mood or a bad mood or it's positive or it's negative. And to build a culture that is around kindness and empathy and being positive and trying to really do good for the world, um, you know, I think we do, do a pretty good job of that now. If I could go back in time, I would even have done more of it. That's a wonderful point to bring up because when you do pay it forward, you get 10 times back. You really do. It's just an act of kindness a day. It could be yes. anyone. I'm actually, Chris, I'm in the process of creating a commercial for my okay. Legal Yourself products. So I reached out to a local business owner. He's a financial wealth advisor in San Diego. And I'm thinking, he doesn't know me from anywhere because I've seen his commercials on TV. And I'm thinking, oh, that, that's a great commercial. Right. I wonder who he used. So I took a shot in the dark and I just emailed him from nowhere. Within 10 minutes, he emailed me back saying, you know, I'll be more than happy to talk to you. Give me a call and, and, and we'll talk about it. So people that you think that you see on TV and you probably think, oh, they're not approachable. Right. You know, take that leap of faith. Go and reach out to someone. And that's exactly how you can help, you know, bring someone along with you rather than leaving them behind. So no one's left behind, right, Chris? That's right. We're all in it together. (laughs) That's what we do here on the show. Exactly. Absolutely. So, Chris, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? No, that was wonderful, Kelly. I, I, I enjoyed it. I am. So glad that you are part of our team at Everyday Edison's and and look forward to all the cool stuff we'll do in the future. So anytime you want to get on and chat, we are here for you, Kelly. We love what you do and and you are a fantastic resource to entrepreneurs. So I hope hope they all avail themselves of of Go Legal Yourself because it is a great, great service. Thank you so much, Chris. And people can actually see that show on crackle.com. Yep. Right. And yeah. I have uh, advertised it as well on my end. And, but the, there is one complaint from across the pond. My nieces, they're unable to uh, connect to Crackle. Ah. Yeah. So we'll have to work we'll have on to figure that out. Available. Yep. We'll figure out, we'll, 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 we'll figure that out. How we get that over to yes. that side of the world for sure. And would you consider, would everyday Edison's consider hosting maybe inventors from other countries or are we just focused in the u.s no we've had submissions from 120 countries wow so we do get them in uh uh quite frequently but um to you know to really get the word out there we we'd love to um you know find ways to make those connection points it's it is truly global um especially that you know obviously even with this new situation more and more items will be purchased off that digital shelf. And, and theoretically that can be done from, from anywhere where there's an internet connection. So um, we do want to lean into to that idea that, that we can bring in ideas from, from just about anywhere. That's fantastic. So for all the inventors that are listening to this show, you can absolutely get a hold of Chris Ferguson and you can get a hold of Everyday Nation. And we are going to put your information on our show notes. 
So they can awesome. yep, they can download the app, go legal yourself, and they can listen to all the other episodes that we've had. And we've had some phenomenal guests, and now you're part of that phenomenal list, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, thanks so much. I can't wait till we can see each other again in person. I hope it's soon. Absolutely, likewise. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law, and it's been a pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.